I'm Lauren Sterling, and this is Ordinary Grit, the podcast where I talk to ordinary people who have overcome and are doing amazing things because your story has power. Hey, so today's is my friend and one of my lenders and really just one of my favorite people to talk about business. And today we're going to do that. We're going to talk about money, the really, really like either really popular or not so popular topic, but also faith and how to live purposefully. So please welcome my good friend, Lacey. Okay, my friend Lacey, I am so excited that you're willing to do this. There's a lot of a lot of people that are still afraid to come and talk to me. So yeah. I really appreciate your time and your willingness. And we were just discussing this. This is what made me think that I that you and I could have some things to talk about. And then we'll talk about how we how we met and sure. why I know you. But we were at a retreat because you are a lender and I am in real estate. Yep. So we get thrown together all the time where yep. we meet people in all different parts of our business, right? Yep. But we were at a retreat that you do that was awesome and not just about business planning, by the yep. way. Yep. Like and people should ask about that later because that is one of your greatest ideas. But while we were there that weekend, you made a statement about the way that you were the, the way you were brought up and the way that you look at money raising your family now. And I was like, you know what? This is valuable conversation for the world. You said something that weekend about growing up on food stamps and now the way that you look at raising your kids and the way you look at money in light of faith and responsibility. And it was like, okay, this is a conversation that maybe isn't fun or comfortable for everyone. Sure. But I think it's worth talking about. Sure. So we'll get there. But I just want to kind of let people kind of get to know you like I have. Okay. We, like I said, met because of real estate. All agents help connect their clients with lenders. And really quickly, we figured out that we both live pretty similarly and that our faith is not separate from our job or our family or our life at all very much intermingles. So tell us a little bit about what you do and you can go back to whichever part of whatever you want to call the beginning. Yeah. So I've been in lending. This is my 21st year. So I've done lending for a long time and got into lending right actually while I was still in college, but not thinking it was like what you wanted to do when you grew up, right? No. Yeah, no, I did. So I, so I went to college. I got a degree in economics and finance. Prior to that, I was actual science. So I'm a nerd when it comes to numbers and math. And I love that aspect of it. My dad kind of guided me, had me meet with a mortgage broker. And at the time I was on a fast track, like I like to do things quickly and I wanted to be done with college quick. So I was in and out of college with my four-year degree in a little over two and a half years. But I wanted, if I did this internship, he introduced me to a mortgage broker and said, if you want to do this internship. And I said, I'd love to, if I can get credit hours, didn't even know much about mortgage, actually nothing. So I did this internship and fell in love with it, to be honest. And I still had a semester left of college And after the summer, he offered me a really lucrative job, but I still had a semester of school left and he needed me because something happened in the office and somebody had to be let go. And so I ended up- What year, I know that ages you or tells people how old you are, but like what what year, because I just want to think from the perspective of what was happening in mortgages and real estate. Yep. So I graduated high school in 2001 and I graduated college in 2003. 
And so it was 2002, technically, when I started with him. And so he offered me this position, making really good money, money that I never really comprehended at the time. Because like you said, we, we did, we were raised very, very poor. Single, grew up in a single wide trailer. I never really like thought that was a bad thing by any means. We were on some land, but my mom and dad were super hard workers. And I became a very hard worker at a very young age. Had to. I might've even lied on my applications to work when I was 13. Might have. Back then they didn't track it, but the money that I made at that time was I helped buy groceries. I helped buy, Mm -hmm. you know, certain things for the house and maybe occasionally, you know, a designer pair of shoes or something because we just didn't, we couldn't afford any of that kind of stuff. So I got in the mortgage business fairly young. Going back though, so yeah, my first year and and you asked me if if I'm fine with talking money and I don't mind, but my first year out of, in the mortgage business, I made $110,000 and I never saw or understood like that kind of money before in my life. Well, and we're always telling kids and college kids to manage their expectations and to not yep. expect yep. to, and that is an, you know, an amount of money that is hard to wrap your head around as a kid. Oh, sure. And then can, can mess with your expectations yep. of how to plan for your future too. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, my first business, my first job in the mortgage business, I learned a lot of what to do and, and even more what not to do. And I won't go into everything that I learned there just for purposes of, of who that was. But I, I sat there and I would see people come in to get commission checks. So loan officers that worked for the company and they were needing to get paid and they were getting twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000 paychecks every two weeks mm-hmm. and they needed it before they got paid every time. And in my mind, I'm like, how? I can't live like that. Do these people burn through this money? Yeah. Like, it's an insane amount of money. And how how are they burning through it that fast? Yeah. And so it was very intriguing to me very early on. You know, in doing mortgages, I get to see everybody's income and everybody's credit and debt load and, mm. and, and all of that. So, but if I really back up, you know, my dad, my dad was really influential for me in teaching me how to budget and teach me how to spend money and how to save money. And so he's always told me from a little kid, it doesn't matter how much money you make at all. If you can save making a little bit of money, you'll be able to save making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But if you can't save making a little bit of money, you'll never be able to save making a lot of money. And I always remember him telling me that, but it never made, like I, ne- I saw it firsthand the second I got in the mortgage business because I could see all these people making a ton of money yeah. and never saving a penny. I mean, needing to get paid before they're even paycheck the next time. Well, um, and I guess what your dad was really talking about was debt to income sure. and really being responsible. Yep. Uh, you know, the scripture that says that if yes. you can be responsible for, little. for a little, you can be responsible for much. So it was really wise counsel, yeah. but then you got to see it on paper. Yeah, I got to see it firsthand. I learned, like I said, a lot from that, from that position, from getting in the business there. But so I, I get in the business. I'm in mortgage now, making good money. I I go through the mortgage meltdown. So, you know, I I figure out how to continually make that kind of money and more throughout several years. And then 2008, 2009 happen and the mortgage meltdown occurs. But luckily for me, I never got into debt like a lot of people that make a lot of money do. Mm -hmm. And what I would say, what I would like to say is sometimes perception, what people think and what is reality is two totally different things, especially when it comes to people and money and debt. And people think because people have nice cars and nice houses, very small percentage of those people are 
really in a good financial position. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to see all of that and learn all of that um, at a young age. And my dad teaching me some of those principles, you know, being younger, it made sense finally. Like it made sense on a level that, wow, this is what he was talking about. So the mortgage meltdown happened in 2008, 2009. My income was slashed into a third. But because I hadn't gotten into the debt that most people had, I was able to stay in the mortgage business. And most people weren't. And most realtors weren't able to make it through that. And it cleaned out everybody. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because we're going through something very similar right now, as many years later. But it it was hard, but humbling. And... But I'm a quick person who changes fast and sells things and cuts costs and goes back into poor mode, I guess is what I would say. And I learned a lot being poor for a long time that we can live on, you know, little, don't have to have all the things and how to do it, you know, how to be resourceful. My mama was a resourceful person. Being as poor as we were, I can still remember at at Little Kids, she would change um, our phone company from AT&T to Southwestern Bell or whatever to get the $50 check so we could buy a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. So she always figured out a way mm-hmm. um, of doing things. And so all those skills kind of ticked in for me whenever the mortgage meltdown happened and how to adjust quickly to be able to make it through that section. So made it through 2008, 2009. And then business, you know, it took all, it took several, several years for business to really pick back up. Business has picked up. But so fast forward, because this is where I want to get to some of the questions that you were asking me about, like how it's been impactful in my life. I've done well. I've always done really well in the mortgage business. But in 2016, 15 to 16, yep, I was introduced to a coaching platform. And I had a business partner at the time and he wanted to get into coaching and I didn't want to do it. And I was afraid because it was a- Didn't want to do the coaching or didn't want to be a participant? I didn't want to get into coaching. Okay. Because at the time, all the people who were in coaching were very, very high income earners for sure. But I was afraid to be that high of an income earner. And I'm talking a whole other level than what I've ever known. I don't even think of you as anyone who's afraid of anything, but okay. Well, and that comes from roots for me from when I was little and we were so poor- the people in my life that had a lot of money weren't good people. Mm-hmm. I didn't know people yeah. from a very small town that had a lot of money that did good things with the money. Mm-hmm. And when I got in the business early in and saw all these people moving a lot of money, not a lot of goodness was coming out of the yeah. money. And so, and I've always kind of built this assumption in my my brain that it's evil. Mm-hmm. And once you start getting a lot of money, you can turn evil very quickly. And I didn't realize that was my belief system. And I think it's common to, like, depending on where you come from, you know, that the the scripture that says that the love of, love of money, money yep. is the root of all evil, but you hear a lot of misinterpretation yes. or misquoting of that saying that money is the root of all evil. Right. And it's the love of money. Right. It's when our heart and our motive and our greed yep. is all in the you know wrong place. Not that greed can ever be in the right place. Right. But when, when it gets twisted up. Yes. So and, and that's exactly probably if we were to able to go back and dial it in, that's where that I had sure. heard something like that. And that's where all of this was based off of. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I struggled with wanting to chase more money. And I saw a lot of people chasing money and that's where all their priorities went in life. Mm-hmm. And I've always known that God has made the chain of command the way he's made it on purpose. 
and I'm supposed to love him first, then my spouse, and then my kids, then my job. Mm -hmm. And I've seen all those people who put their job way above all of those things at the top of that list, and it's just never been what I wanted to do. You can even justify that that is loving your kids, that I have to work this hard and I have to make this much money, but it still gets twisted and your priorities still get messed up. So. So it scared me. I can me. see how easy it is yep. for it to happen, and I can see why you'd be afraid of it. Yep. Yeah. So I was afraid of it, and so my partner at the time wanted me to get into coaching. My business partner wanted me to get into coaching. I don't want to. You go chase all that. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I wrestled for about a year of. I just want to be content. Mm-hmm. I want to be content, and I don't want to be chasing. And so he he talked me into going to a seminar with him to this, and I said, "Fine, I'll go." But if if it's not for me, you're going to leave me alone. And so I went to the seminar with him and it was amazing. Like I, I did not expect to have the feelings that I had leaving there, wanting to do this, do this. It was really, really good. And that's what started kicking me into this coaching. But prior to that, what made me say yes to this, going to the seminar, we had a guy who was, you know, kind of recruiting us to try to get us into coaching. And he said to me, he said, Lise, what's holding you back? Why don't you want to get into coaching? And I said, How? was his name. I don't, I don't want to chase. I just, everything I just told you all my fears. And he said to me, well, Lacey, I need you to stop being so selfish and, and stop thinking about yourself with this. And I stopped and looked at him like, this is the last thing that yeah. seems selfish. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I was ready to box, you know, <laughs> like, dude, you don't even know me. Like, yeah. how can you say that? You don't like, you're, you obviously didn't hear what I just said and the reasons why. And then his second response was even kind of ruder, but one of the best things he ever said is, stop doing all that, what you're doing right now in your head, and why don't you listen? Mm. Uh, again, another feeling like, mm. Mm. I don't know that I like you so I don't much. know that I like you. I don't, like, yeah, where's this going? Very frustrated internally, but I stopped and I listened, and he said, his words were, Lacey, God give you a lot of different talents, and if it's not about the money, fine. Give the money away. But you have the ability to help a lot of people along the way. And I'm not just talking about more borrowers because that is my passion and I love helping people with the home financing side and that is my gift. But he said, you can help other people learn to do it like you do mm-hmm. it. You can you can grow a team and provide a bunch of other people jobs mm-hmm. in which they can pay their bills and send their kids to college and grow retirement. Like you have so much more and I need you to stop being selfish with all that. And it was the first time I was like, okay, stop, listen. And that's what got me to go to the seminar. And like I said, it was amazing. I wanted to sign up after that. And I did. At the seminar, this coaching group didn't just talk about how to make more money. They talked about how to have, we we always go back to our will of life. And we talk about all seven areas of our life. And so the retreat that you came to those, all those things I've done for years and years and years through coaching. And the thing with the retreat that I loved is a good piece of it is spirituality and it's allows us to have a well-balanced life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, you made us look at all kinds of things. Yes. Relationships and friends, finances and dreams and friends and like, you know, looking out at the future, looking at now yep. in a way that wasn't, I mean, it, in some ways it was therapeutic for people. I think it was yeah. much more than counseling. business yeah. planning. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like counseling. Yeah, all of it. And, and that's how it is every time we go. And so when I would go to the seminars, it was twice a year. And the second one is when we, in November, is when we always went over all of that. And every single year I would go back and reset and work on those things. But when I'm at that first conference and I'm learning all this stuff, I'm like, this is what it's about. 
it's not about just producing more. It's about making sure I learn the skill sets to be well-rounded, and it's never perfect, and it never will be, but where I'm consistently looking at my life. And in the conference, you know, I got to see some really impactful people who made a lot of money, but also did a lot of good things things with with the money. And that's what I had never seen before. And it rocked my world because I felt so sheltered or like I had missed some things, you know, um, in life because I never saw how, how somebody can make a lot of money and how it can be exciting and encouraging and to be able to help other people. Mm -hmm. And the, the group or the coaching platform challenged people to be givers. And I was always a giver. Like my dad taught me that at a young age and, but not, there's not too many people who make the money who are. And so they challenge people to start learning that and to understand it. And so I just felt really good getting into this coaching platform that, wow, there's a lot I can do with this and learn from it. And so, I mean, fast forward, you know, seven years, I've grown a really big team, but it's not about the team and it's not about the money. And I've been able to do a lot of great things. I've been able to help people financially when I want at any time and not have to worry about it. I've been able to help a lot of groups and mission trips and um, orphanage, like just stuff. And I, it's a challenge to me now to see, okay, what can I do? You know, what, what the gifts that I have and that he's given me, what can I do with them? And where can this go? Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just me and him daily having conversation about that and trusting wherever it is, you know, right. it is. But I, I grew out of that fear. I grew out of that, that money has to be an evil Bad. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is a risky thing, you know, and I, and I work with a lot of people now. I, I coach a lot of people now as you, as you start making more money, how to make sure that you're controlling that because, mm-hmm. you know, addictions are real. I've never been an addict to drugs or alcohol or anything like that. But in the business world, people get addicted to mm-hmm. money. They get addicted to pride. Winning. Winning. It, it, all kinds of different all things. All of yeah. those things. And, and so as you go through that kind of journey, being aware that those are out there, those will be tempting you to and want and to recognize it before it gets there. So I get to I get to coach people now and and help them be ready for those when they hit, you know, and prepare for them a little bit better. So it's it's definitely changed my perspective going through all of that and coming away from you know money being evil. Sure. Cuz it's not. There's so much cool stuff you can do with it. And but people always ask God can give and he can take away. For sure. And everything that he's done for me and give to me and, and the gifts, it can go away too. Well, and as the mortgage, I have, I have a couple of different questions, but one of them, I'll go the business route and yep. then hopefully I'll remember the other one okay. that's more personal. <laughs> but in, in business, as, mm-hmm. as things change, and yep. like you, you said already that we may be go- coming into a, a season that looks a little bit more like 2008. Sure. Is when you're cutting, yep. I mean, I've heard you even just be like, I'll just do my own nails and I'll, we'll shop at Aldi and, yep. you know, and maybe you do that on, on the regular anyway, yep. but is coaching a first cut? No. Yeah. I don't think so. Doesn't get cut. Yeah. Definitely doesn't get cut. And. Cause it's a big expense and yeah. I'm just, this is me, you know, speaking for other business people, yeah. other agents, other like, coaching is a really popular thing right now. Yes. It's very expensive and I could see how it could, someone could go, I got to make cuts and that's a big one and I'm going to save there. Yep. So I knew you would have logic for why not. No, it doesn't. So, you know, when I teach some of the personal budgeting side, it's not a, 
expense that we negotiate. Yep. And and for me, either is is my gifting, my giving. And so I have to make other cuts in order to, to keep those. They're what I call in my survival. Like they mm-hmm. they have to be in the survival number just like food yep. and whatnot. And so those don't come out of my survival column whenever I'm doing a budget. A budget. But I we have to have those things in hard times to keep us going, to keep us motivated, to keep us you know, in good spirits for sure. So I definitely, it it doesn't come out. Yep. Okay. My other question or kind of thought is to go back a little bit. You said that your dad was really good about teaching you to give. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like, I mean, a lot of your principles that you use go back to when there wasn't a lot of money. 100%. He was giving when there was money or wasn't, I'm sorry, when there wasn't any money. How much did faith play a role in that? All of it. Going back back then. Yeah. All of it. All of it. I still remember I was in high school. I don't know exactly my age, but I was in high school and my dad had a Bible study at our house and we were doing The Purpose Driven Life when mm-hmm. that book came out and we were going through it. And, and I have probably six or seven different couples of friends that came to this, everybody and their boyfriends or, you know, girlfriends and we're all sitting around and my dad made a comment and we were talking about when we were going through the giving section and my dad made a comment and said, man, I'd love to build a life that I can give not 10%, but 60% of my income. Mm. And I remember sitting there thinking at that age, you're crazy. It's mm-hmm. a lot. Like, Dad, that's a lot. And in my mind, you don't have to give that much. Why would you do it? You right. know, all of right. those things. I still remember the feeling and, and talking to him afterwards and all my friends looking up like, well, this guy's crazy. You know, like, why would anybody do that? And, you know, now fast forward. But that's stuck. It was laying some crazy My dad work. planted so many seeds in my life. Yeah. And... One of the things I say all the time is I plant seeds and a lot of seeds bloom and grow and some don't, mm-hmm. but he planted so many seeds in my life and, and it takes a while for those to work, you know, and for those to make sense in my head later on down in, the, in my life, sure. but I still remember them. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, and I, I, I coach this piece a lot and this can be, you can take this from spiritual, you can take it from gifts that are given like business wise, like when people give you a tip or a, a great tactic or something, right? Is if somebody gives you a gift and what I mean by that, like, I'm not talking money. I'm talking about if, if somebody helps you or does some, like your job is to give it to somebody else. Hmm. And what I have learned and what's made me super successful in business is I don't just give it to one person. I give it to as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about anything. So as I go through coaching and I'm learning all these unbelievable things, I quickly am like, who else can I give this to? Yeah. Who else can I share this with? Which is why you were at a, at one Instead of the of hoarding. Re- yeah. You were one of the retreats with me. And that was a gift to me doing the, we did what's called a will of life. And you go all the way around this will of life and you rate yourself from a one to 10 on how you feel you're doing in that section of your life. So you'll give yourself a one if you think you suck and a 10 if you think you're doing awesome yes you're perfect at it and it's every it's every aspect in your life then you kind of go through and and yeah connect all the circles and it draws a wheel for you and in that wheel it kind of talks about how is that wheel getting down the road because most people's wheels are pretty jacked up Mm -hmm. and it's not a smooth ride and so we then we talk about skills and tactics on each of those categories but that was a gift given to me because my very first year I had a decent size side side of my wheel it was good but my marriage wasn't great. And it, it checked me quick. And when we start putting things and boundaries in our lives to check us in those areas of life more consistently and quicker, we can work on them faster before they get 
awful. Yeah. And so that was something that was taught to me. And the second I get it, I'm let's do it. And I, I can, I want to share it. I want to share it with multiple mm-hmm. people so that if it has an impact, even on a few of them, like it did me, yeah. it can help them. We talked about fears, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's all kind of making sense to me in my head that, you know, some of the things that kept that were holding you back were fears that someone made you say out loud. And that was the first place I told anyone outside of like my closest circle that I was going to that I wanted to do this. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Up on um, the podcast, you're right. So, yeah, I told peers. Yep. None of those were my best friends. Yep. I felt really silly. Some of them you hadn't even met except from down there, right? I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Like you knew them like from knew the business. People, but yeah, but, no, and, but certainly nobody that you're like, I'm just really going to trust you with yep. my business. And it was funny. You had spouses or people, people that were married whose spouse isn't in real estate. You had yep. a couple who they're both in real estate. And so you had people being really, having to be really honest yep. about how well they're doing at home 100%. or what they're really afraid of or what they're afraid they're messing up. And so, I mean, I, and I had to be honest about all that too, yep. about my kids and family and personal and some of those fears but yeah it it did there is something about saying things out loud sure that then I mean everybody there could be like she never did that yeah or or instead I mean some of them are like a big big fans yep and one like three weeks later found out her husband had cancer yep and we have a totally different connection because yep. just honesty and transparency right and encouragement and really exhortation that you did right by making us be honest about things well, I, so, I mean, anyway, I, really interesting. There's no, I can't claim any of that. God, God knows what he's doing. No, but there's and just power in it. There's so much power in it, but God knows what he's doing and who was there in that meeting yeah. and what we did together. But, you know, for me, like, I just feel that ministry is where we're at. And I love going and doing ministry. Like, I love it. But God has me doing mortgages in Lee Summit, Missouri for a reason. Yeah. Right. And people that I work with, the people who work for me, all of that stuff, like it's it is mission field. And, you know, when we all met down there, there was some believers, there's some non-believers for sure. And everybody just shared. But the community of the believers that were there all rallied together afterwards because we knew we had to help some people and, and pray for some people and be there for some people because they were able to share and be raw, you know, and and. and it's, it, you know, it's crazy that when I, I feel like when I don't decipher business, like you said in the beginning, from work, from home, from spirituality, and when it's all together, all that stuff works. And there, there are days that they go, they go down rabbit holes sometimes, and I'm like, how did we get here? But, right. you know, that opens up really cool conversations and abilities to share. And love people well. And love and- people. Yeah, and just to be clear, I think we're we're on the same page with this. What it doesn't mean is that we only work with people who are already like-minded and believe like we do. Doesn't mean that we only want people in our office that are just like no, us or absolutely not. it just means that we we live with purpose and I I believe that God can use me Anywhere. wherever he has me. Yep. If 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 I choose to live in obedience and 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 walk in the spirit first of all, I mean I I have to be somewhat paying attention, although he could use me anyway. He spoke through a donkey, right? Sure. So he can he can <laughs> use me on my worst day. But I mean, my willingness and his his power. It's it's him who 100%. who does that. But yeah, I don't have to be on a stage in a micro with a microphone on in church or nope. ministry is is so much bigger than that. Right. So I just want to be clear that we're not out 
only looking for people that look just like us to oh, do gosh, no. to do work with. But instead, it helps me look at things different, love people differently, want to take care of people differently. Sure. And in in my business, so I, I, that's I just. Yeah, and you're right. You're you're 100 clear on that. It doesn't. We don't know why people are brought into our pass. We don't know why people are sitting across from us, you know, trying to get a mortgage or or find a house or anywhere in our lives, whatever it is that you know our profession is, and we don't know why what God's trying to use us for that. And sometimes it's short term, you know, relationships. Sometimes it's lifelong relationships that they turn into. But sometimes it's a seed that you never know it grows. It's so I mean, sometimes you, you could plant the seed and you and, never yeah, see it. Yeah. And sometimes you mine. And we're just supposed to be plant the seeds. Yeah. You know? All I can be responsible for is what God's asked me to do. Yep. And all the results are his his area. Hundred percent. So so can you talk about how you balance or maybe you have words of wisdom on how to balance your you work? Mm-hmm. It takes time. I mean, you have to go to work. Yep. It, it, you have to show up, but also then prioritizing your marriage, your kids, how, how you even maybe communicate with your kids about giving in, in the way that we choose to live and things like that. How do you how do you balance? all? It's a lot of hats to wear. It is. It is. And. To all the the working moms out there, it's a very, very heavy hat to wear because mom guilt's real, for sure. It is. And which just means that, you know, you're constantly struggling with, am I doing, am I making the right choices? Because my kids have to, I have to make the right, you know, choices for my kids, but I also have this job that I got to be at and make sure I'm doing a good job. It can all be done. I met a mentor in my life who was a mom. And told me, Lacey, you can have your cake and eat it too when I'm talking about being a mom and a worker. Mm-hmm. And she is somebody who I poured into to find out, because I didn't know how to do it. And I'm not the greatest at it, getting better at it every single day. But I had to find somebody who kept the chain of command in line, like I said I wanted to, I wanted to be. But that was really, really good at being a wife and being a mom, mm-hmm. but good in the industry. Yeah. And I followed her and I asked her questions and I asked her to give me advice. Mm-hmm. One piece that I have advice that I would give that was given to me is to have a board of directors in your life. And, you know, big companies and organizations have board of directors and they appoint certain seats for reasons for those people's expertise. And so when I got into coaching, they said, they taught me this and I've, I've done this for years, but I have somebody on the board of directors in my life for marriage. I have somebody on the board of directors in my life for business, for money, for spirituality, for all these things, all these pillars that are, are, and, and those people know that they're that person for me. And those people know ahead of time that if I come to them, like where the direction I want them to send me. Mm-hmm. And that was important for me to learn and to follow is to have people in those areas. So when you're struggling, you go to them. You don't want to go to a, a somebody that just got divorced if you're having struggles with your marriage. And even though they could be a great person, it's not the right mindset. Like, I want to go to somebody who's been married for 40 years, who loves God and points me back to the way I need to go. Right. Even if it's what I don't want to hear. And same thing with all of those, those pillars. So I've gotten somebody who 
is a mentor to me. I've gotten a couple. I have one lady who sits, and, and you know her well, but who sits on two different seats on my board of directors. Mm-hmm. She's spirituality, but she's also business. Mm-hmm. And I go to those people when I'm when I'm when I'm wrestling with what should I do here or what are your thoughts on this to help guide me to make sure I'm making choices in my business or whatever it is to still align with my belief system. When it um, takes humility to allow people to speak into some areas of your life and. It doesn't mean that they own your life, no. but to be able to go, I don't know everything, or I haven't been married 50 years, or... I don't know everything, I, you know? and they, they, they're on that seat for a reason. They know way more than I do. Sure. And I've, I've tell the you... The older I, I get, the less I know. Exactly. I, I mean, the, exactly. I just realized that there's so much to know, and I'm so limited, yep. and, but that and that's okay. God knows I don't a whole wanna, lot more than me, Absolutely. but that there's also people that are just really good at things, yep. or that it's okay for me to delegate or let things drop yes. that that don't matter as much um, ask for help yeah like i'm really good really really good at about three or four things in life <laughs> other than that right i ask for help in all those other areas yeah. by people who are really really good in those areas right but coaching for me has really taught has taught me so much about teamwork and i've always been competitive i've always been in sports I probably wasn't the best teammate in in school because i didn't understand and wasn't taught the real value of teamwork team, yeah. and, and coaching helped me with that changed my mindset a lot with that and now like I don't I can't really function at work if I don't have everybody on, on the team in their certain spots because there's they're really good at their spots and I'm really good at my spot yeah. but once I start getting in their spots I screw things up right. they don't want to do what I do I don't want to do what they do and we just help each other but it is it is all of us it is what it takes to get us where we're at yeah. and i've learned that too in in life is all of those pillars man those people are there for a reason and they want to help and it's it's been one of the best tactics you know for me in doing all of this because like i said mom guilt's real i wasn't born to be a stay at home mom that's a those people are unbelievable and special and it's it we're all different but i wasn't but, you know, my kids know I work. My kids know I work hard. But make sure they know work's not more important to them. There are times I have to work. I can't, sure. I can't make those choices. But I, I just want to do as good of a job as my parents did when I was their age at planting seeds and explaining things and taking opportunities when stuff happens to be able to drop that seed, you know, then yep. hopefully it plants and it, yep. and it blooms later. And, and I learned from a young age, my, I mean, we had to work hard. It's what we had to do. And I have fear in all of that. I have two people um, that I talk to a lot about raising kids that have older kids that are, that have, uh, they've done really, really well with it. Because my fear was, I feel like my sister and I, so like I told you, we, we didn't have much money. My mom pounded into us that we, you know, had to be able to support ourselves and be able to have a financial job to be able to pay bills and stuff. But I had fear is if my kids know we have money and we do, can will they turn out the same? Yeah. And will I create something? Because it's not the same formula. It's not the same formula. So how do I have this formula? And how do I and raise still them? Still teach work ethic and, and all of it, responsibility and, and value, value and, yeah. in what they mm-hmm. have and 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 appreciation and all that stuff. Yeah. And so I don't know how to do that on my own, and I have to get somebody who can help me with that. And somebody who can help me with it biblically, because that's where my I want my kids' roots and their foundation to be led. led. And so I have somebody who helps me with that. I don't know what I'm doing. 
because it's not what I was raised in. So I have absolutely no problem looking for people to help. But I do know that as people help me and I receive those gifts, it's now I have to give to others. And it is my responsibility. And, you know, my biggest plaque in my office is to whom much is given, much is required. And I I say that because it pains me. Like, I get emotional thinking about how much has been given to me. And I'm not meaning financially. I wasn't able, nobody was ever able to give me money um, growing up. There's been so much more given to me than money. Yeah. Well, um, and God gives that, even the opportunities and the yep. Yep. brain power that, yep. you know, whatever your drive, your personality, those are those were given. Gifts. And, yep. and so then... Yeah, I, I do that too sometimes. Like, gosh, he's just been really kind. Yep. And so, but you do a really good job of coming from a place of abundance instead of like pulling back and, yep. and getting territorial or, or hoarding. I, my hands are clenched. People can't see that. But yeah. like, you know, holding things back towards yep. you instead of you, you come really open-handed, open-fisted. And that is a huge, that's gritty. That that really is, you, you are demonstrating not just for your family and, and the, the closest people around you, but the people in your office and people are going to, are going to see even just being getting emotional about what you've been given. You, you are a real person that just happens to get to be in the mortgage industry. Yep. That is a missionary in the mortgage world. Yeah. And so that's good. I mean, that's what, that's what all God's asking, right? Is for our obedience, for us to just keep walking and keep following. And so yes, there is a requirement because he's given much, um, but sometimes the requirement is just like to, to just return it. Like you said, like just pass it on, give it, give um, it. or say, thanks. Let people see the humility it, that it's, he, he's not asking us to pay it all back. We can't, we owe so much more. So much more. <laughs> and well, and we so I, that's one of the funnest topics that I get to talk about. And, and I, so I constantly say, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this life. And people are off taken off by when I say that. And what do you mean? you've worked for this, you've done this. And I said, yeah, but I don't deserve it. And I don't feel any of us deserve we don't. this life. And that's from having that relationship with Jesus, just that, that I, I didn't deserve what he did for me, but he did it anyway. Right. And so I know all this is because of him. But, you know, I went on a mission trip, my first one to Guatemala. And I was remembering when we were driving in the car and we're driving through some small village and it is Poor is poor, kids on the side of the street, super close to the road, no parents, just hard. And and the guy that was driving the bus looks at us and says, why you and why them? Why were you born where you were born, the parents that you were born for, into the life that you were born into? Why them? Why were they born here into this? You know, And I, I constantly remember him saying that because I've been a lot of times now, but I don't deserve it, but I also don't let that, like, for a while that was hindering to me. It's not my worth. I don't deserve it, but it is where I am. And it is where God put me for whatever reason. Why he put me here and not there or anywhere. And learning what gifts he gave me and how to get better at them, no matter what it is, no matter where, what part it is, because I didn't deserve them, but I was given them and to do something with it. And so... And that's though where I think joy is 100%. is is responding to it, to those gifts and responding in obedience. And that wouldn't matter if you were dirt poor, exactly, or if you had had millions. Y- yep. You've been given a lot. Yep. Doesn't matter if we. Uh, there is joy yep. in the poorest of the parts of the world. Yep. I, I've been in lots of countries. Yep. 
So if, if that's true, if there if there's joy in both places, it must not have anything to do with money. With money. Yep. So then I think really if we could grab a hold of purpose yep. and identity and then responding in that, yep. your 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 purpose and your identity doesn't have much to do with your paycheck. God uses you in a job. Yep. If he took that away, he'd use you somewhere, somewhere else. else. Yep. But I think that that's, I mean, I'm just thinking out loud. Yep. I, I really think that that's the key to purpose and identity and then leading to joy and contentment. Yep. You talked about that too. I did. And it isn't just about being content with the size of your paycheck. Contentment's exactly. way bigger than it's that. way bigger than that. And I mean, just like all your feelings and loneliness is bigger than how many people you live with too. Yep. And all of those things go back to, you know, what am I doing yep. that has purpose? And that's bigger than me. For me, I, I want to live bigger than me. And Same. so if I am doing that, regardless of how it pays, this is paying me nothing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This costs me a lot of money yep. to take this big leap of faith. But this is so much fun yep. to get to go. I met with a stranger this week that heard about it, that wanted to sit down and talk. And she was young. And to get to maybe for a second talk about purpose and identity because of some goofy, very small platform. Yep. Like, awesome. Awesome. That gave me joy. Yep. That gives me a sense of purpose and a little bit of a push. Yep. So I think that's, I don't know, that's a big takeaway. I, yeah, I can't agree more. I spoke not too long ago. I go to, I go places and speak for different reasonings, but I got to speak to a whole group of people who were potentially going into the mission field. And because, you know, they might not all make it in the mission field or they may not all go in the mission field and they wanted to, people to see that you can be on mission even in a workplace. So I get to speak to a ton of these kids and afterwards they come up. There was a group of kids that wanted to be missionaries. Yeah. That makes me excited. Yep. Yep. And so I have a line, about seven or eight kids who line up to talk to me after I'm done speaking. And that's where the yep. the joy that's is. It's awesome. It's where you get to talk to them and they get lit up because of something that you said or some you know, something that you shared that's just experiences, you know, that have happened to me and are fired up and okay, what's next and how do I do this? And, and what does that look like? And thank you so much. And so it's, it is, it's joy in the fact that, you know, it's a gift that again, being received that you turn on and give, but it just keeps giving. And I don't know what all those people are going to do and, and how, what they're going to, ch- how they're going to change the world. And they will in some way, shape or form. But I've had a lot of people again, through my life who spoke and who I was able to go up to after they spoke and pick their brain mm-hmm. and talk to them and learn from them. And some of them I've been in relationship with from the day I've met them. And now I get to do that. I get to do that with yep. other people. So it's, you know, it, it, for me, it just, it keeps going back to that, man, if somebody gives something to me, it's my job to mm-hmm. give to somebody else on whatever that is. And, and I mean, honestly, you know, it's, it's not our gift. So, you know, salvation's not our gift. It's Jesus's gift to us, mm-hmm. but it is our job to, to explain that. You know what I mean? It, it, it was a gift to give to us. And I think about that a lot being in, in, in the positions where God's put me now, I do get to speak to a lot of people and I get to have all those one-off conversations. And if I wouldn't have said yes, way back when, you know, yeah. and started going through some of this training and stuff, I wouldn't be able to have yeah. the conversations that he's yeah. led me to. Yeah. But I've had breakdowns. I, I mean, I remember when I was at a, one of the coaching events, going back to my room, laying on the ground. God, is this where you want me to be? Mm-hmm. This is what you want. Yeah. Is this is where you want me. Is this what you want me to be doing? Are you sure? You know, because of having some doubts and this and that. Right. But he did. And he continues to 
to show me which way to go, even though I, I don't know what I'm doing, Lauren. No. I really we, don't. We, none of us do. <laughs> okay. None of us do. We're just pretending. Yeah. People say yeah. that to me all the time. Yes, you do, Lacey. I'm like, no, I don't. So, But um, you are transparent. And I was just thinking this. My mom used to always tell, and when I was growing up, teenage girl or maybe younger, I don't know. I remember her telling me that you, you're a billboard and you're, you're telling something. You're advertising something. She was probably talking about, even just as I was getting a little bit older, you know, how we dress and what, what we you wear. Yep. But bigger than that. Yep. And maybe maybe today billboards are maybe not. Maybe it's like your life's a reel yep. or your life is a TikTok. Sure. But, like, if we are 30 seconds yep. or a billboard, what is it that we're pointing to? What story? And it's short. It's, it's people's attention span is very, very short. So what is it that in a moment? And you are – you're doing that. You're you're a light in a moment. I'm trying Sometimes to do that. You're, but you are. <laughs> and and you, people may not know why. That's not your job, mm-hmm. right? God, God will do the other pieces, and yep. he will continue to plant. And you're going to sometimes mess up, or you're going to sometimes sure. do something that makes people go, I don't really know what that was. And, okay, you're a human, but we're, you know, the jars of clay example. I've always loved that because yep. – you can be plain. You can you can carry dirt like it. They they weren't exciting. They were sometimes they were carrying waste. Even the, the jars of clay were nothing fancy, but with a light inside, they became something different and they illuminated something so different. Yep. And if I could get someone to draw that tattoo, I would get that tattoo yeah, because be cool. I really love that. It's not me that's anything special, but I am advertising something. And with God inside, with with the light, it is pointing to something, and it's much more beautiful. Than I could have ever been on my own. And bigger, yeah. So, yeah. So you're doing that in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, you really are. So I really appreciate just you, I don't know, being willing to talk about all different kinds of things. And we could talk, you know, we'd have a whole day on parenting and a whole day on marriage and a whole day on, I mean, there's so many things. And I think it's valuable to keep having the conversations. But for now, this is a little snippet getting to know you and maybe just maybe encouraging people to live really missionally in their everyday. Everyday, no matter where you're at. Yep. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you have or know someone with an inspiring story, you can apply to be a guest at OrdinaryGrit.com. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at OrdinaryGritPodcast to get to know me and my guests.